Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the rally. (laughs) Not the bone cave today. We are down at Sturgis Rally. Black Hills Harley. Black Hills, yeah. Black Hills Harley. But it is part. It was one of the bigger venues uh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Sturgis Rally, correct? It is. It's the rally at 50, uh, exit fifty-five. So you ha- you have to you have to set them up for it though, because why is it the biggest? Because there's it projected to be one to one point four. Because everybody's free from million. Because this, since it is a Harley rally and this is a Harley dealership, and it makes sense, yeah. right? And it's the eighty-first. And it's the eightieth, right? It's the eighty-first. Oh, it's the eighty-first. No, this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's not the eightieth. Last 80th. year was supposed to be the eightieth. And with COVID, oh. we were down to around 400,000 people. The only place when yeah. they normally were expecting a million. Okay, let me, let me explain. Everybody do you remember listening. the first one, Brian, uh, how much different it was? No, no, but you do. You can tell us here in a second. That, so, let, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just let every all the listeners know what's happening. I know we're all amped up here. So we're waiting th- for the body painters to come by. <laughs> uh, I've already seen a couple of them. <laughs> you should have been here earlier with Jeff and I. But anyway, I'm Brian Maiman, founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. And today we're going to talk about the rally, what we're doing here. We're with, uh, so here, let me do it this way. I got bleep to my left, as always. Across the table from me, I have hashtag 393. Hola. Wait one day to shoot it. Um, see what happens. Brad Dana. And to my right, I have Brian uh, Martin, Mountain Man Martin. And then we got a guest today. We got Jeff Lisey from Wyoming Arms. And obviously, as you guys know that have followed us, we sell Wyoming Arms. We're an agent for them. Uh, we, market, uh, we, we market a lot of their suppressors and solvent traps, cleaning tools, quote, um, but anyway, Jeffrey, welcome. I call you Jeffrey. Does that even bother Doesn't you? Doesn't bother me a bit. Doesn't bother you a bit. I have so I've many been Jeffs in my all <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> so, a, so we were going to talk today. He keeps thinking of his favorite idol that ends in Dahmer. <laughs> no. No, no. So no. we were going to we were going to talk today about uh, our relationship, Wyoming Arms, and then what John Burns and Jeff has done with Wyoming uh, Wyoming Arms and the accuracy of these rifles, but. We, you'd already heard us digressing, so go ahead. How was the first rally, Brad? <laughs> I just read about it, uh, but I thought I, for sure I was looking at your gray hair. I didn't know if, if you had actually seen it or not. How old are you again? No, I'm just kidding. 39. So, but the Plus reason, 11. The reason this is so big is because they're, they're looking at a million people comes to the, coming for the rally in the town of Sturgis, which I think is about 5,000 people. Yeah, it's a it's well, a tiny little town, and I mean the, the infrastructure of our whole Black Hills. Well, you have had to see this grow I, over the, your lifetime. Yes, yes, because I obviously I was you've born been here in for sixty one years, and yeah, you were born like in Deadwood, six, and it feels like yeah, right, it feels. Like, <laughs> um, but fifty three yeah, years, fifty three years. I'm fifty three years old. I've seen a lot of change. Obviously, it was uh, the Sturgis, the city park is where the big to do used to be in in I, Sturgis. I used to camp in the city park. Oh, did you back in the late seventies and early eighties? When you came over here, yeah, you yeah. were on a Harley then. So, uh, so I. <laughs> No, I, I wasn't no, on a Harley then. But, but he's got that big, uh, expensive Harley over there now. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, I got to tell you, from my perspective, 
when I moved here 15 years ago, 15 summers ago in August, uh-huh. we moved here the week after the rally 15 years ago. Oh, you did. And this little Black Hills Harley, which is now a giant venue right. here. Yeah, it used to be just. It was well, just this little. Because yeah, they a Building hauled, on the outskirts of town. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because they hauled for a year or two. They hauled dump. Uh, they, ha- they hauled backfill in here because this is all lifted up. So I was like, what the heck are they building that up for? Well, it's, it's what Motorcycles. now is yeah, Black Hills Harley. Because, I don't know, the tent is about the size of a, of a football field, I suppose, isn't it? And it's an acre or so. Pretty close. Acre-sized tent, and they're all stacked with. No- Last year, there was no bikes in there. They sold every one At of the them. At the end of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, there you are guys already, almost there bought that electric Harley. Yeah, and I almost bought one the other day. I probably won't leave this rally without one. So, anyway, um, but uh, so Jeff, let, let's not digress. Let's get back on track here. We are in Wyoming Arms booth, and it's right outside the front door. Okay, so by the time you'll be listening to this, it'll be over. But for next year, you need. If you've never been here, I would get my butt out here. And I would see the hills. Number one, they're beautiful. There's so many, so many things to see. My brother and his wife and his brother-in-law have just been here. I had dinner with them last night, and they're like, holy smokes, you guys have so many attractions so close. We take it for granted, right? right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and it is the gateway to the west because it's here, the Bighorns, and Yellowstone. Right. And so it, it's just an amazing opportunity for you to head west. But Wyoming Arms has a, a booth, a big one, a pass-through booth here. And we come down and help and work with you, Jeff. And this year, he's like, hey, man, we got a ton of space. And my son, uh, um, we invested with my son in a business. uh, And he has the butcher block over in Spearfish. And we make the most incredible snack stick. So Jeff's like, get your butt over here and uh, join us. And we'll all be working it together. So it's a big family in here. We're having fun. And we'd love to see you next year. But anyway, Jeff, tell us, uh, you and John Burns, where'd you meet? Uh, John was actually a machinist at a oil and gas manufacturing company that that I was with. Um, we also have a third partner named Tom Buckner who yes, does I'm the mechanical. No, yeah, yes. he does the mechanical engineering with it. Uh, John and I do most of the concepting and prototyping, and Tom engineers it out. We've got our own manufacturing facility, uh, kind of di- uh, uh, diversifying from just the oil and gas industry, which everybody knows can be a little bit of a boomer bust type business. Right. Well, you've been, but, but so how old is Wyoming Arms then? We're uh, nine years old now. Um, we, when we started the, the business, we were really kind of leaning towards doing bolt guns, and we kind of decided there was enough people doing bolt guns, and nobody was really servicing the AR platform, or now called the modern sporting rifle. Um, kind of like trophy hunting. Kind of like trophy hunting. hunting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, it's all sometimes in the marketing and the name. So what we did is we took the AR platform, started out taking other companies and making them so that we could uh, add performance parts. They're kind of like Legos for men. You can add things. 45-degree uh, bolt nut, on, right? Uh, no, we did no, a 45-degree no, on the barrel, bo- barrel, barrel, nut, barrel which, nut, which actually pulls the barrel into a radial and axial load and, and centers the barrel and does some other things, and that's where the, the, the real bang for the accuracy came from. Um, the other thing is the, the biggest weakness on any AR platform is the trigger. Guys, if you got an AR, first thing you do, fix the trigger. They are junk. And if you put a good trigger in, uh, you know, Geisley is who we run on our guns. Timony makes a great uh, trigger. There's Hyperfire. There's a there's a yeah. dozen I like the quality manufacturers. I, I think Trigger Tech makes one, too. Trigger Tech makes a great though, one. Geisley, though, is all my friends in the AR got 
they 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 always yeah. talk about the guys. Like, I was going to say yeah, I, the, the I trigger, love Tim the trigger tech but the, is the ball bearings has a great break. Yeah. The thing is, is you end up with a short preset and a little heavier break where with the Geisleys we run a two and a half first stage and a one pound break. So it's kind of a reverse of what goes on with the trigger techs, but they make an excellent trigger also. They just fix the trigger, guys. Well, now speaking of triggers, tell us the difference between a first uh, one, a, a single stage and a double stage. and what, I was going to say, because your double stage. Because this guys is a controversial that, issue. Right, but guys the guy, don't know what to I, do. I will tell you this. I, I'd never shot a two-stage trigger until nine years ago when I met Jeff and we were laying at the range. And uh, um, and I fell in love with it and because it's, it's so nice. Yeah. But – I think because I've shot the the Timney, and it doesn't have like you said, it doesn't have the same fluid creep to the wall yeah. or the travel to the wall, and that and then that wall breaks easy on the Geisley. It's right. my it's my favorite one I've shot. Well, and and you know where we're talking about when Brian's asking about the two stage versus one stage, a, a single stage trigger is like mo what most like people are using gun. a bolt gun. Yeah. It is one pull, it breaks. Okay, on a two stage trigger, you have a little bit of a take up. Some people call it draw. Some people call it, you know, lead. It's not really creep. It's actually it, it's a take-up. It's not up. creep. It's take-up, and it hits yeah. a wall. And when it hits that wall, the next mo movement is absolutely gun going Bang. off. Bang. Yeah. And so I liked it so much that I bought a – the Trigger Tech came out with a new trigger for the Remington platforms. I bought a, and Geisley makes one, too, for, for the Remington. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they, you get to where you get so used to coming onto that wall, and then at that point, you settle in on your aim – and your next motion, the gun goes off. So super nice. Very so nice. So, what are the advantages and disadvantages of either one? What do you say? I've always shot single stage, very light on my bolt guns. I enjoy it a lot. Um, the advantage for me on the two stage on the AR platform is it lets me go on that wall. So you can kind of keep your finger on the trigger without premature shutilation. Well, uh, yeah, when <laughs> when I'm running and gunning, yes. Okay. <laughs> When I'm running and gunning, absolutely. Shootilation. <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it just That might be a big word at the SHOT Show next year. Shootilation. Premature shootilation. <laughs> but it just gets you to a point where you know where that's at. I can do all of my tactical work sitting on the wall uh -huh. because I know where it's at. And then I also know that the next time I move, it's happening. Because yeah. they always talk to you about trigger off till you're ready to go. So I think we, we should also talk about, because you're talking about fancy two-stage trigger that we all really, really love. Your ARs are known to be precision ARs. They're not, they're, they're not the AR that you run, you know, you're doing, you're clearing rooms with or whatever practice. You I mean, certainly we, can. You can. <laughs> you can. They're super, super nice. But, like, for example, we hunted with them. We, we hunt with them. Some, we use them as training tools, too. We've uh, reincorporated them this year back in our shooting schools, and, and they're pretty popular. Yeah. Um, we do that. We do that. There's a 10-shot you know, drill. We've cut it down to five where we, you know, you're on the clock. Gun, yep. Yeah, super fun, and people, people have never done it. But uh, we shot, Brian shot uh, an antelope one year when we were hunting with our ARs at 600 yards. So these are precision Precision. I remember the conversation. Brian, that's a real uh, little bit of ways out there. I think we should go get a real gun. I and think I, that's the words I used. And what was it? Let's go <laughs> grab the real gun. I go, he goes, let's go grab the real gun. And I go, sit your ass down. I, I, actually, he was already laying down. I go, keep your ass down and give me a wind call right now. Is this your two, and two, three? It, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes, okay. He goes, just letting you know it's a long ways. I said, I know how long it is. I have the scope dialed. <laughs> Toof. Boom. But hit. Toof. 
boom, hit, yep. hit him twice within uh, six hundred. Well, let me, yeah. let me guess. The, the AR application rock and roll. This was your sixty-nine grain bullet. Yes, yeah, no, it was a no, seventy. No, it was seventy grain. Yeah, it was a seventy burgers. We were running seventy, 70 burgers, burgers oh, okay. at yeah, that yeah. time. Yep. And they, they, we've kind of gotten away yeah. from the seventy it's burgers because they thing. were. It's stretching the range for the effective range. Of a twenty-two caliber bullet, we went up to it, that it animal. It will do it. <laughs> we, we went up to that animal, and uh, the guy looks at it and goes, "I've been trying to kill this son of a for, for the last three weeks, and we couldn't get close enough. Well, we just got close enough." Yeah, <laughs> and it's very accurate, though. And yeah, that's what we tell everybody is: yeah. it, there's an effective range, and that is really determined by the shooter. Okay. Not everyone is well, capable darn of that sure shot. not determined by the spotter in this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you give me the right wind call. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But, but I was like, ooh, man, we got a 7 meg sitting right behind us. But, but if you're going to do that, we do the 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. Now. We do the 6.5 Creedmoor. Well, the 6.5 Creedmoor is a legit hunting round. <laughs> then you didn't, but now we do. I no, and, I and I would still have the 6 Creedmoor. Now it would be the 6 Creedmoor. It would yeah. be what we would, would do yeah, that because with. No question. Because I love that. I love that no kicking, follow it. I, I, watch the bullet trace. I think I'm going to start shooting Grizzly Bear with 6 Creedmoor. Oh. Yeah. Get Brian, they do you, with a bow. So it's you, you better get, than a bow. You better get a harder bullet. <laughs> yeah, we might get it. We were talking about getting a harder right. bullet. I bet you if, if, if uh, Cam had been using a six Creedmoor instead of his bow this year in Alaska, they wouldn't have had to shoot it with a big rifle. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably you're right. right. I know yeah. I'm right. Yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're and, right. And that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> any of these guns, it really comes down to bullet placement. You know, we can, all blow, we can all blow holes in things with big guns. Exactly. It doesn't help you kill things. So make, well, it, I make up, a good quality shot. I grew up in Iowa as a bow hunter. Yeah. So this long range thing for me, twenty years ago when I started getting into it, it, I never left the shot placement. It's always right behind the shoulder for me. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I will tell you this: I mean, you don't ride, you know. ride and shoot them behind the ear at 300 meters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and turkeys. It will, and it turkeys. will work. I gotta tell you a quick story, and I know we're gonna get some we're gonna get some hate mail on this because when we put it on Instagram, I got oh it's stupid stupid. My your kid has a flat, flat bill, bill hat, hat yeah. and he's shooting turkeys with an AR. What a piece of you are teaching your kid out on number one i had him outdoors number two the thrill of it he was vibrating and shaking after he killed that we called that tom in straight downhill 94 yards and uh but but he killed it with an ar wyoming arms but uh we've shot him i shot one at 302 in the head with it yep we that's our deal with (laughs) with our group that we hunt with it's head shots only on gobblers Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so that's actually. Well, I guess know, I cheated. I use a twenty-two to fifty at forty yards. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> call me. <laughs> I call that a good hunter too. That's called, I that's call it no. Kick. That's called let's eat. <laughs> so I, I mean, when you when you criticize that though, it's it, it's like archery elk hunting because they're, they're making noise. You know, yeah, we're shooting them farther away, but we're shooting at a teeny little head and they're moving around. I mean. This is not a silhouette target that sits out there oh. at 300 yards. I mean, it's actually well, a lot hunting, more challenging. Hunting and guns is like cars yeah. and sex. The, what's the right thing or the right position for one person is not for the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, last year we were actually on a, a deprivation deer hunt. And yeah, when we did so. the, we were doing the deer hunt, and we had, you know, some, some military guys out. We had some professional shooters out, and we cleaned out a bunch of deers o- over by Hewlett. Yep. Well, we also had a, a, a bet going on as who could shoot it closest to the eye on a turkey. Okay, yeah. I won that one, shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor. It was about 98 yards, and I literally just took his head flush off. So they couldn't tell if it was eye or head, but it was gone. Yeah, it was gone. <laughs> Close enough. So, so um, now when, when was your first exposure to John Burns? I think we you know what I, we need to talk I, about Tom. I, obviously, I think a flying. I, I've noticed. Stop. Yeah. Speaking of John Burns, I've noticed 
that he hasn't been here lately. Is he? Is his work air quotes you only know, when it's where there's a gun that goes bang involved? No, not he, so much. But but he, you know, he's kind of turning into a bit of a hermit on me occasionally. Not a bit. <laughs> like me. <laughs> if you look up definition of urban, urban dictionary, aka John Burns. Uh, <laughs> but, you, but you got involved with him with the uh, shooting beyond belief and some of that. Yeah, stuff, he didn't he you? used what I did is I I I did not have an early mentor. I I. I found uh, he he made a DVD set. Correct. Sold over was, a million of them, right? I, I don't know the number, but a lot. A lot. So I was just I, I just <laughs> bought his DVDs. You know that was back in the day when you bought a Remington off the shelf. Um, you know I cut the grooves. I, I indexed my rings and I indexed the receiver and I JB welded it. You know he did that stuff and you know I just I, I, I at least. He was, a, a, in a way, a mentor of mine because I bought his DVD set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how to do the twist. Now, I, didn't, I, I did get introduced to uh, silhouette shooting by a mentor. It was a patient at the dental school, super good dude, and he invited me out. And I'd never seen the twisty things. I call them the twisty things so people mm-hmm. can remember the difference between the twisty things and the ruler on the, <laughs> on the scopes. So, you know, I, that was my first introduction to the, the turrets. But if you're not around it enough... You know, so I mean, that was it was a way to evolve into that. And he had he had his scope at that time, and there wasn't much in the minute world. It was you know, I mean, it was a wide duplex a scope. So at least there was an, an avenue. So I, I knew of him a long time before that, and so I knew I knew when we were introduced to you guys and looking at your AR platform when we did our TV show. I was like, oh, I know who that is. He's a real good shooter, a real knowledgeable guy. You know. So, so that's how that initially started was with the DVD ser- series. Mm-hmm. Does John still hunt with his meals? Um, not as much as he used to. Um, it, it's it's more of you know peer uh, pressure. Some, He's some getting sick of teased about the ears yeah, and about stuff. The meals. Well, I get it. Yeah. So he, he hasn't gone to llamas though. He hasn't gone that. No, low. he hasn't <laughs> went llamas and he hasn't <laughs> went goats. I do have a good friend who does the goats. I think I would do a goat before a llama. <laughs> <laughs> not fit. Not literally, but yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Probably literally too. Yeah. I think they wouldn't spit on you at yeah. least. My gosh, my my horse, yeah. uh, my horses hated llamas like a passion. Yeah. I had this zoo type thing sure. that, that it was a rescue zoo, because yeah. I I was a mile from the. I still am a mile from the national forest, but I'd ride right by this, and I'd just about get into a rodeo because these llamas. Sure. My, my horse, and he was so gentle. He was really well broke. But not with llamas. Oh, horses uh-uh. do not like llamas. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're way worse than dogs. I'd, yeah. I'd be spinning three sixties in the middle of Tinton Road, you know, and he'd be rare. And I was yeah. like, this is crazy. Well, and and with with John, you know, it that was part of the evolution of the company. When we started this, Tom and I are partners in an oil and gas manufacturing business, also, and we brought John in and and talked to him, and it took a little while to get everything worked ironed out. But it was to add credibility, add knowledge of the shooting industry add uh the contacts of the shooting industry it's not for his eloquence and smooth uh, it's not smooth relations with uh, customers but he's a he's <laughs> super knowledgeable in the Except, firearms a, yeah. exceptional shooter and he knows everybody in the industry we don't go to a show anywhere we the were thing, we were in a show in florida and we had guys walking in talking to john about his dvds that he did 20 years right ago. that's what i was going to say the other thing about john snow or john snow you just said john snow yeah. john, john burns, burns. And, and by the way, I, I, I want to make sure everybody knows this. John Burns, in my opinion, because I got the DV2, was the leading or one of the original yeah. authorities 
on this long range shooting and extrapolating your data and getting it all very set involved up. in the turrets very involved in using the burger bullets for hunting super articulate uh, can be yes no, i didn't say i didn't <laughs> not say not necessarily I, I user friendly i didn't say <laughs> i didn't say without opinion and sometimes a sharp edge as attack whoa 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 um, whoa, whoa let me take over this conversation john uh, you just sit back and relax now no that's how yeah, because yeah but but, but, but john, he's articulate but, yeah. but john has talent no that, that's what doubt. i'm saying because some people go oh he's kind of an outspoken uh you know cantankerous well, kind of guy you know what i would here's what i know about him he's an honest guy he, he yeah he's not gonna blow smoke at <laughs> you oh, not, well a lot of people said michael jordan was arrogant yeah but he kind of earned great. that right yeah i i don't know I, i've met some pretty uh um uh, successful people in my life and there's uh there's a difference between arrogance and confidence and confidence and and Cockiness. it's hard. It's hard not to beat. It's hard yeah. not. It's hard not to be it's, it's a, a little confident and have it come off arrogant when you're the top in your industry. Yeah. And it, it, John Burns was a, he was a, a leader in the industry. He was a leader and one yeah. of the pioneers in this entire. No, and thing. I, I would say we've really enjoyed shooting with him and doing do different stuff that was out of our Jeff, comfort zone. Jeff, and you and him, yeah. uh, you, you guys have brought a lot. We've had a great nine-year run oh, together. Absolutely, it's been and, fun. And John and I, uh, you know, we really play off each you other. Complement well. each other, and yeah. even like at the at the shows and the booths, because you know, if guys need to visit technical, I turn them to John. If they if they're ready to sign the paper and buy a gun, John turns them to me. Right, and if, so if they're debating very, on very if well. If they're together. debating on whether to do a make it rain type uh, AR or a uh, Wyoming Arms, turn it over to you because John would say something like, "What are you dumbass? What's <laughs> <laughs> stupid as?" I've actually I've actually done that to people who come into my booth and they start telling me, "Well, I do this and I do this," and I, do, I say, "Well, great." Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. John, John, John doesn't have that same bandwidth. <laughs> I love you, John, if you listen to this. You know what? And, and the other thing is, is that you guys, you, you guys are not trying to be the, um, and I don't want to say run a mill because that's not right. You're not trying to be the above average AR. You're leading. You, you, this is a cutting edge, above average, top of the, top of the market AR platform. They're like a full, it, they're full like custom. Like your yeah. six Creedmoor AR that you have. Oh. Well, <laughs> that you the one that you used to have. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But we, you know, the thing is, the difference is we pump the Geisley trigger in it before you get it. We run a hand lap match grade barrel in it before you get, We run a titanium coated bolt and bolt carrier. So it, we build the best parts we feel in the industry, but we also pair it up with the best parts in the industry. So you buy, buy stuff you don't make that's the top of the line plus Correct. make stuff that's the top of the line. I that's, what, that's what our intent as a rifle company is, so Jeff, that it's a finished piece. Jeff, I have 11,000-plus rounds through one barrel. Yeah. And I took it out three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I two laid weeks, down. Two, three weeks ago, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Something. And I had three bullets touching yep. laying prone outside on a prairie dog town on a target we had set up out there. And three bullets touching. I hadn't shot the gun. I mean, I just cleaned yep. it, tore it apart. You were in there that day. I tore it all apart, cleaned it away. I have replaced 
nothing other than one time a primer got caught down in the trigger thing and it was double tapping and i called you guys and john and you were like hey just take the trigger mechanism off and uh i watched your little get, get the primer out boom got the primer <laughs> out put it back together we ran and we we ran into one other one like that just uh, yeah. a month or two ago a month ago if, the, show, if so. the pockets get a little bit uh, uh weak in on a on your reloads and you load them up hot yeah you occasionally you'll end up with a primer pocket or a primer in it but we uh you know, and, and, you know, that comes from also, you know, the, the, the guns are built to run hard if you want to run them hard, and you'll get less barrel life out of them if you run them very, very hard. But if you're using well, How for, much more barrel life does a guy need than 11,000 rounds? No, I understand that. But I'm just saying <laughs> is, but, it, you know, if we've got guys that are doing tactical or doing mag dumps or doing things like that, You'll burn a barrel up, but you'll still yeah. get you'll still get six to eight thousand rounds at that. Really? Oh, well, yeah. two two three is wonderful for that. Yeah. The Brian's gun would be like a woman that doesn't go through menopause until she's fifty five and she's still functioning well. <laughs> <laughs> she, it, it, that gun has definitely been rode hard and put away yeah. wet, and it still and runs it just, perfect. Oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah. And and I run it suppressed and have since the first year I, I got it. I take, would like you guys takes a to little more cleaning. Make yep. sure you yeah, a little uh, more carbon. Figure rings. out how to make it so that they don't get so dang dirty. Uh, with we, suppressed, because that's all we do yeah. now. Well, and with the little suppressors, it's better yeah, because it? you get less blowback. The big suppressors, of so course, a big seven inch here is going to yeah. have a lot more blowback. Uh, you get you basically get four times the volume into it. So once that once the action starts to open, part of that pressure is coming back down. That's called port crack and yep. blowback. So the smaller the suppressors, which is what we, you guys sell and what we build, are designed for the AR We're platforms. Trying. Or also for the long-range hunting when Brian doesn't want to have to pack a pound and a half of suppressor up the mountain. Right. But it's a game changer. I mean, it is so fun to shoot them suppressed. I mean, it's just like night and day different. We we call it the Bobby Lee Swaggart part of the shooting school. We're gonna we're gonna let them do the Bobby Lee Swaggart part, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah!" yeah. There was a, we did a corporate school, and one of the guys, what was that guy's name? Well, I forgot. We, we adopted the one that when you guys were at the last shooting school, you and John, where we did the the uh, um, the uh, shooting sticks. Yeah, the, 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 the shooting off sticks from that clamp, right? Yeah. Yeah. But well, we we modified like that because we started shooting the, through yeah. a hog saddle. Sure. Just uh, standing up with a hog saddle is just something different, you know, yeah. for the guys. But, in, in, but at the are, uh, but at the corporate school, we yeah. did the we did your five shot boom boom time thing. Yep. Beep, 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 beep. Oh. oh, that was entertaining. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, those yeah. guys were like. Well, and and you know, it's it's a skill that I believe everybody needs to learn is to be able to shoot off sticks, whether it's one stick, two sticks, yep. whatever. Because especially in our part of the country, you're going to be shooting over brush. We have a lot of sagebrush in our area. Sometimes you're going to have to be over gr- grasses or fences. Their area you, you is can't, Cody, Wyoming. Yeah. They're out of Cody, Wyoming. You can't necessarily always get to a prone position. No. You can't necessarily always get to a solid rest, whether you're sitting on sticks. No. Sometimes you're going to have to be high enough to be able to shoot over tall brush. But a tripod with a bipod is basically a standing uh, Correct. bench rest. Absolutely. And you can shoot that accurately. You want a tripod on the front? Bipod on the back. Yeah, you, you got. Can you can't. It can't rock and forth, gun. and it doesn't go back and f- right and left. All you got to do, slide forward to take the target down. Slide forward or back to take the target up. Set up on it and make your shot. Yeah, yeah. and at that range, you're going to have time usually. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I think what what did we do? Seven hundred yards or something, and yep. yeah, actually, when you're that far away, the animal doesn't have any uh, uh, knowledge that you're there. So you've got plenty of time to set up and make a quality shot. Right. So it's it's been a, an extremely popular part of our, our shooting school, but but they you know nobody's ever got to shoot a gun of that high of quality in the AR market before right. either. You know they're used to 
insert name of one that you buy at Shields or Cabela's or whatever. Yeah, and they're yeah. good guns. Yeah, they just there's parts you can put on them to substantially improve them. Well, I know, I know. There's so, one one of mine that gets shot, and the, the others don't. <laughs> what, what, what's the What's the longest confirmed kill that you've had from your ARs? Two, two, three. Oh, two, two, three. No, no, no. That's no. all right. I just want to. Oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I, I, I bet you somebody's done a seven hundred. Oh, we've done a lot we of sevens with a two, two, three. With but a like two, two, three. I mean, uh, my sixteen-inch barrel, which is is like you guys's. Um, oh, no, ours are eighteen. We did oh, ours you, at eighteen. Okay, I've done a sixteen-inch at seven twenty on a coyote. Really? Yeah. So with a two, two, three, with a two, two, three. seventy grain. Uh, uh, sixty-nine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Sierra. a better number. It, it, but I, but, but, that's, a, that's an easier number to remember. Yeah. But I intentionally, I intentionally shot him high shoulder because I, I didn't want him to move. Okay, and that w- that was a shot that could be made. Now with the twenty inch barrel, <coughs> we've stretched stuff out to the you know seven sixty range on stuff. Um, we we've shot prairie dogs you know beyond four hundred with the five five six um, without a problem. Uh, you start going up into the Creedmoors, and we've stretched those to well beyond a thousand on coyotes. What's the biggest like doe or antelope or something that anybody shot that you know of? <sighs> Probably a seven twenty, seven thirty. You know, Brian Sandy was over seven with that five five six. That's stretching its legs, babe. Yeah, it's at the end of the bullet's limits for sure that's and what it can yeah, do. Yeah. So Yeah, well, it's starting to slow down enough you, you want to make sure it's going to open. Yeah, because right. we've, we've switched bullets too because the, the, the burger, you know, burgers are a phenomenal bullet mm-hmm. in the right caliber on the right. At, at yeah. the right velocity. Right, at the and that 70, it wasn't a perfect bullet in my opinion. I the 69 we had better mm-hmm. luck with. Yep. Um, and then we've gone to the good. we've gone to the 77 uh, OTMs oh, yeah. a lot too. They shoot yeah. really well. It, out it of slows it down a little yep. bit. It's also though a little more stable. Yeah. So you can uh, well, one and eight twist with a 77 is quite a, quite a yep. quite accurate. It's yeah. like a 2600 2600 feet a second maybe. Um, no, you're uh, the 18 inch barrel you're 25. probably pushing that up almost 27. Oh, you are. Yeah. Yeah, because we're we're at, at uh, uh, I think it's twenty eight twenty with a seventy grainer, if I remember with, correctly. With uh, with how a sixteen inch barrel. Oh, that's fast. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, yeah. So two two three that, is that's what allows them to go uh, ahead and open and do the damage. Yeah. So that that that's interesting. So you and John, um, so you guys are. You're at the shot show. You have a lot of guys that are shooting these in some of these tournaments and different matches, right? And, and a, they were a few. Um, you know, the guys that are shooting, especially the three gun stuff, they're building ultra light, you right, know, type stuff. Different applications. Yeah, different applications. A lot, but a lot of carbon and a lot of yeah. But yeah. but for hunting applications, you know, we 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 shoot a lot with uh, you know several special former special service guys. Um, we shoot a lot with uh, professional shooters. Um, you know, we were recently on a, a prairie dog hunt with uh, uh, Jerry and Kay Metchlik. We were um, we had uh, uh, we were on a deer hunt last year with the guys from Vortex Rubin, and Jerry Metchlik was there, and uh, uh, Tim Yackley, who's one of the best three gunners in the world right now. So I think we, we do a lot of shooting with those guys, um, you know, uh, some some former special forces guys that, you know, that, that shoot with us a lot, whether it's, you know, Kyle Lamb or uh, Scott Steyert or Rourke Denver, guys like that, 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 that you know, Kyle was a hunter because he's from here in South Dakota. Most of these other guys never knew that they were hunters, even though they were military, 
they didn't realize they, that, they didn't realize that the same tech uh, information, the same techniques, right, apply whether you're hunting animals or uh, performing People. war. <laughs> well, animals right. don't shoot back, well, but they chew on you. Yeah. Well, I think I think you know, for, if I would tell everybody that your your rifle, I was telling somebody in here earlier today. If you don't have one of these rifles in your gun room or in your gun cabinet, depending on what you have, you owe it to yourself because from my perspective, personally, when I go to the range, I like to shoot tight groups. Yep. I like to shoot tight. That started in the uh, archery days, and uh, I like to shoot tight groups. Yep. I love going down there, putting your AR on the bench, and throwing three or four groups out there and just be able to, you know, have three, four well, bullets it, touching it, it and gives, just knock out the It gives you a good middle. weapon you can practice with. Yeah. It's well, easy on the recoil. Everybody can shoot great it. Great training tool. But it's yeah. bolt, it's bolt I, action. I would, I would add to that, Brian. You're getting a little more cultured in the rifle world because once you shoot something really, really nice, it's hard to shoot something. Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to culture you a little bit, yeah. my friend. Well, and, and, but what we no, wanted want to become your everyday gun. Well, it's, it's a bolt-action accuracy yeah, with the AR your, repeatability. Exactly. It becomes your everyday yeah. truck gun, whether you're shoot, having to shoot coyotes or predators, whether, you, uh, like the ranchers, occasionally you're going to have to put a, an animal down. The nice thing about it is, even with the AR, you're going to be right up next to it. It's not like you have to make a long shot. And so it doesn't matter the size of the animal. You can put it down with this rifle. And so this becomes your everyday truck gun. So Right. And I, what I, real quick, what I like about it, um, what you just said and what Brad, to, to Brad was saying, is that you do get refined. And if you're going to take a gun down to the range, you don't want, I don't care if it's a, I, you know what, we have Rugers that we accurize for our range guns. Great. And those Ruger Predators. Yeah, they shoot really well, but we, it's we not put what a I reach for. We put a $500 stock on them and a $500 gun. You throw the two together, and you go down and shoot one holes. I don't care you what it is. put a $1,000 scope yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I understand that. But but I enjoy that, and, and your gun absolutely delivers that. So I guess I was speaking to the to you listening today. You know, you, you just need to go to rollingbones.com and go to the rifles section, and we have the ARs on there. Or go to Wyoming Arms and tell them we sent you. Um, we, we are partners in all of this. We've worked together for nine years. It all works out in the wash. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just, we, we really, if you're going to buy an AR and you want to make it one that's an investment, then you have one AR that does all the applications. And you, because I, I, I'd rather have one gun that does everything than seven guns that say I have one of each. Well, really, actually, you should have two. Yeah. You should have one built on the AR. 15, 15 platform and one on 10. And one on the 10. You should so have a 6 So a you need to explain, because I was pretty naive about ARs, because living in Canada for the last 20 years, pretty much using an AR up there is like, it, it'd be, yeah, I mean, you no. can't really do anything with it. You can go to the shooting range and that's it. So now you can come down here, you can buy them. Explain the difference in weight and performance, uh, you know, different things uh, between the AR-10 and AR-15. Okay, so the, the AR-15 is based off of the old M16 platform. Like the Colt, right? Like the Colt. Colt. Okay. It's a 223. It also comes available in several optional calibers. Then, um, so you do the 5.56, you do the uh, six, 300 six blackout. 6.5 Grendel. 6.5 Grendel. 6A ARC. Yeah, absolutely. You can do the 6 Arc. The 2.2, that's what I mean. Yep. And, and, the, and the 224 arc. Valkyrie. You can do all kinds of things with that gun. But if so I was going to do that, it's hard not to have a 2.2.3 because well, you, want, you, you have to have the 2.2.3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, availability of ammo. Sorry, I cut no, you off. No, but you're I mean, exactly right. I mean, two, two, three it's, it's silly not to have an AR and a 2.2.3, 5.56. The first one is 
is, and it's actually it's chambered in in uh, 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 five five six, so it'll shoot either two two right. three or five five six, and. Um, so that's the first one everyone needs. Then you can reach off into other calibers. But if you're going to go into the AR-10, the difference between ours and everybody else is a standard AR-10 is about two pounds heavier than an AR-15. Yeah. We build an AR-10 platform that's done on the new G2 platform. It's about a pound and a half lighter than an AR-10. So it's only a, so it's a yeah. half a pound heavier is all. I wish everybody could feel them right here because we got them sitting right here. I wish everybody could feel them. If I build you know? the exact same AR-15 and a G2 with the same 18-inch barrel and the same optic, there's four ounces difference between the two rifles. So you, at that yeah, point, that's amazing. you make the jump to the 6-millimeter. That's ridiculous to think about. Or you about, make the you jump know. to the 6.5. The 6.5 is a little more versatile, has a little shorter barrel. The yeah. 6 is kind so of the... So explain the G2. The G2 was, was originally designed and built by DPMS. Which is, which is my friend's company, Randy okay. Luth. Right. Uh, DPMS, he, he, DPMS, he shot a couple Panther. sheep then with they me. ended up selling out to Remington. We were one of only a few companies that, does, that signed a licensing agreement to build the G2 platform. So we have a, a licensing agreement. When the, when the whole Remington DPMS thing and the, and the bankruptcy and the sellout and all that, we still have our license well, in that's place perfect. Good for to, you. to do it. So you can still manufacture machine We them. still manufacture the entire gun complete. Um, we uh, at the time when they had their licensing agreement, we had to build. There were certain parts we had to buy from them by contract. Well, when they went out of business, that freed us up to build all of the components. So, you're, so you're building the action instead of because you were using. Built the action. You did. We had to buy. We had to. One of the parts was the feed ramps, which was one of the patents. Well, now uh, we've actually replaced the feed ramps with a different system that works. It, it because these are a hunting gun. The feed ramps were so that the military could use them and run wild junk. Yeah, they but they could run full, you know, Modified battle battle and, rifles. Right, they right. could just run the bullets through. Right, and so what we did is we came back in and refined that system to make it smoother. Okay, um, we we had to buy bolt carriers from them. Well, we no longer have to do that. So we, we, you know, it's just kind of so going. Now you can buy different bolt carriers from different companies, or you can make well, your we own. Make our own. You because yeah. you have, and then you we do a, titan we, a titanium nitride on your bolt, on carrier bolt carriers, groups. and then we also the one of the big game changers with the G two came was by doing a high pressure bolt. Doing the high pressure bolt uh, allowed us to do the six and six five Creedmoor. Okay, it even got to a point that we were selling these parts to employees of Remington who needed a high pressure so they could get to the 6 and 6.5. When, when Remington was selling them, they said, well, we're going to do 243 and we're going to do 260, and they weren't able to get them to work properly because of pressures. So we redesigned the bolt system and then came back in and did it in the Creedmoor. Nice. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, that's where Tom comes into play a lot. I mean, he's really good at doing this. Tom's really good. I and mean, you guys have an idea. You take it into him. And, and if you're ever in Cody, if you're ever in Cody, Wyoming, we got to get this door open. If yep. you're hearing a lot of stuff in the background, it was just downpouring rain here, and, and we literally hunkered down. We had a bunch of people in here, folks from Missouri, Iowa, Georgia, and we started the podcast. Now the sun's shining, and everybody's coming back out to life. So if you hear that, well, that's what's going on. But I guess in wrapping this up, if you ever go to Cody, um, make sure you stop in. And they, 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 have, they have the messiest manufacturing place I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It's a joke. I've you been can, in, I've you been, can just about eat off oh, the floor. Yeah.
in that manufacturing I, facility. I, I, I'm telling you, if you ever want to go to a manufacturing company and go, is this the break room and, or is that the break room? Because everything is meticulous there. It's I actually. Now, is that your deal or John's? I'm guessing yours. Uh, that's, uh, mine. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm guessing. So, Jeff, Jeff's an almost. John's, John's house looks like uh, Brian Martin's garage. Sanford and, <laughs> Sanford and Son's front yard. So, anyway, um, if you're ever in Cody, stop and look him up. Hey, give us a call if you have any questions about this. Seriously, Brad and Brian are always in there. I can answer some questions, too. I actually know the ARs uh, really well. I break them down all the time. But uh, we would uh, we would love to uh, um, entertain any questions you have. Appreciate you listening. Hey, listen, uh, go to rollingbones.com. Check us out. Um, we can help you with all this and more through our membership. Also, remember, uh, go to Google, Spotify. I forgot my little cheat sheet today. Any place you get your podcast and uh, Podcastville, we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, Podcastville USA and download this. Um, we are we are growing every week. And so I just want to tell you all, seriously, we just had another record month that we came off of. I just want to tell every single one of you, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for listening. If you know anybody else that would benefit from it, um, I sure appreciate it. And all of you that sent us emails and send us emails, I, I really, really do. All of us really appreciate getting that feedback. So listen, until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs>